You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your earbuds, earphones, whatever you use to listen to this podcast, you do you. And we'll do our best to do us and give you that content you need. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews of jaysfriendacouch.com. Back for another day to discuss Blue Jays with y'all. We are going to get to some reactions from the return of garbage person, domestic abuser Roberto Osuna last night. We're going to talk about that in the second half, and, and we have some fan takes as well, some some early week fan Friday for y'all in that second segment. And in the latter segment, we're going to talk about a conundrum, a quandary, if you will, because I get to use the word quandary, that is facing the Blue Jays in the offseason that was posed by a fan, and I think it's fine to talk about, so we're going to talk about it, because there, there's not much from last night's game. To talk about game-wise from a Blue Jays standpoint, but sadly the big story out of last night was the very brief battle of the brothers that we ended up getting last night after making some history over the weekend with Lourdes Gurriel and Yuli Gurriel becoming the first brothers to have multi-home run games on the same day. They finally met for the first time in MLB action, and it lasted about an inning. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel pulled after the first inning with a hamstring issue, and he and Harvest Solarte replaced him, and that was no fun for anyone. So, yeah, brother battle fizzled out pretty early, and obviously the bigger concern for the Blue Jays is Lourdes Gurriel's health, because... This isn't the first time Lourdes Gurriel's been dealing with health issues this season. He did have that DL stint earlier in the year. And you start to wonder about durability with a guy like Lourdes Gurriel, who, whose athleticism does play a part in his game. It, it allows him to generate that power and hit those home runs. It allows him to make those kind of snap plays at shortstop. And for him to just kind of come out like that, I don't, like, I don't want to say it's like a a younger brother ducking the older brother. Like, you know, oh, ow, my foot hurts. Take it easy on me. I, I've i seen it. I I am the older sibling in my family. I've, I've seen it, but my brother was never one to really pull that kind of trick to get out of a battle. So it's, it's just, again, it's disappointing and... It, it does make you wonder if this isn't another reason why the Blue Jays still have these guys going forward. A guy like Aledmus Diaz, who they know they can plug in at shortstop and be completely fine defensively and still get that power that they've been expecting out of Lourdes Gurriel. And I, it, again, it, it's just a little worrying to see that. You, you obviously don't want injuries this late in the game. Um, with news that Aaron Sanchez is done for the season, that puts another dent into the Blue Jays' rotation. And 
to to see Guriel have that kind of problem like that as well. It it just it worries you a little bit. And going forward, it it's something that's going to have to be monitored with Lourdes. Just you know, you you don't want to see two injuries in the same season. But hopefully, it's nothing serious. Hopefully, he can come out if not tonight for the series finale, at least get one full game against his brother and move forward. Another Blue Jays note that we wanted to talk about after, after saying I didn't expect Sean Reed Foley to come back for the rest of the season. Turns out he will be back because the Sanchez injury has created an opening in the rotation and Sean Reed Foley will actually be starting the series finale against Houston. So that's going to be fun watching him go to work against that Astros lineup. He's going to have to be even more on point than he has been. He can't afford to be wild against this Houston team because it's a team that absolutely gobbles up mistakes and will take any free base you give them. They love getting their guys on base like Altuve and Springer, guys who can use their speed again to disrupt things on the base paths and just just add to what Sean Reed Foley has to think about on the mound. So it's going to be a very tough challenge for him. Hopefully he can have similar performances to what he put up earlier this month when he was taking on, like, well, Miami was in August, but when he was taking on the Yankees and, and performing well in that instance. that That's, if he can do things like he did against that Yankees lineup to the Astros. I mean, again, it has a chance to be a great learning experience for Sean Reed Foley, but at this point in the season where he's already thrown uh, almost 160 innings worth of baseball across three levels, it, it's going to be difficult for him, I think, to find that kind of edge he's going to need in a situation like this where he's taking on the defending World Series champions. It'll be interesting to see what comes out of it and again moving forward it, it can only help Sean Reed fully get that experience because because this we said this season is you know winding down it's all about getting experience about getting people in the lineup to just kind of give them some opportunities to prove what they can do and and I should while while we're talking about stuff from last night just give a shout out to Richard Urania, who's kind of played himself back into the picture with his hitting lately at three for four night last night, all singles, but it's raised his average up to 289. It's got a 330 OBP. He's he's doing all right, which that's really all you can ask for from a backup infielder. It's probably going to keep him on the 40 man roster come come the offseason he'll probably start in buffalo and just be down there continuing to you know get more experience he, he is still young urania he's the second youngest player on the roster after sean reed foley so it, it it's nice to see him get more comfortable with hitting at a major league level because that that's what's going to differentiate him from the likes of a gift and gope type who's really only up for their defense if urania can keep showing that he can hit like this and and keep applying himself like that it bodes well for him staying on the 40-man roster when the blue jays have to start making some cuts to start protecting people like hector perez like forrest wall uh, like 
um, Jordan Romano. So Urania's done well. I think he's done enough to keep his spot there as that kind of like sixth, seventh infielder for the club. So just just wanted to give Richard Urania a bit of a boost there for what he did. All right, we we've stalled we stalled long enough. We will talk about Roberto Osuna right after this break. Haha, <laughs> still stalling a little bit longer. So we'll be right back. Okay, okay. No more stalling where you're going to talk about Roberto Osuna and his appearance in the game last night. Came out with a two-run lead and got the save last night for his first save at the Rogers Center since April 3rd against the White Sox, which is funny. Gave up a single to Urania, which just, again, boosting Urania in this one. But other than that, was able to make quick work of Rowdy Telez and Yanhevis Solarte to end the game. But, again, I I wanted to know what kind of reaction Blue Jays fans would give him, given the conflicting opinions between someone who, you know, was a key cog in those in those playoff runs and actually literally just crossing my news desk right now that the assault charge has been withdrawn on Roberto Osuna because he's signing a peace bond, not admitting any of his guilt because the alleged victim refused to return to Toronto, which can you blame her? Can you blame her for wanting to come up there and look at this man that put hands on her? And that is absolutely frustrating. And like, how, how can you expect her to do that? How, this is the problem with sexual or sexual assault, domestic assault, everything. This is a problem. There's there's no punishment in this case. A peace bond for one year. Oh my! Like how how can you give him just one 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 year? Essentially, no. Don't you do that again? This is essentially the boys will be boys of court results. This is. I I'm so so angry right now. This this is a problem. This is the absolute problem with these kind of cases that the onus is on the victim to essentially just prove themselves and and hope for some kind of justice for someone laying hands on them. This is disgusting. I I I hate this. I hate this coming out right now. I hate that I know about this. I hate that I'm so angry and cannot do anything about it. Because this is flat wrong. Flat freaking wrong. And and all all the Houston fans and all the all the fans who saw it was like, oh well this proves that it should that it wasn't important and, and she's lying. Like they will use it for whatever the heck they want. The fact that Roberto Osuna is not officially charged. Everyone knows what he did. Everyone's pretty damn sure what he did. And he's going to get off with nothing. 
don't don't tell me peace bond is punishment. It's nothing. Absolutely nothing. I ah, uh, I I can't. I can't even I that the, the, this frustrates the hell out of me. I I am this is this is why things don't work. This is why we we have the mentality permeating sports and permeating society that we do cuz cuz again, the the onus is on the victim to to prove they were wrong and to stare down someone who they gave themselves to and try and put together the words to express what happened and and just again try to get some kind of closure some kind of justice it, it, this is sickening this is absolutely sickening i hate this i it 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 almost seems inconsequential now to talk about being able to boo this man cuz that that's the that's the one thing that the fans can actually do is just express their disappointment, express their sadness. And it's not enough. It's definitely not going to be enough, but it's literally the only thing the fans can do. And I'm glad that they did that. I, I'm glad I, I, I heard from some of you on Twitter, Tony Walsh at Walshag saying they booed every pitch he made. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. And um uh Double D Sports Central at Dave Divjack. Proud of Blue Jays Nation booing this gutless coward. I'm I'm glad you did that. And I know it's uncomfortable for some of you because because you said as much. Um Regular contributor Mia Loy at gsnap underscore abk6. They cringed while listening in bed because it's an all-around horrible situation, but I'm okay with the booing. Also realized that they were right in thinking it was the right move to get rid of him. I think he'll get off on the charges, but that doesn't mean he's not guilty. Which is 100% correct. He did get off on the charges. It's absolute ridiculousness that he got off on the charges because the victim doesn't want to go back to the scene of hurt. It's like, it's like, are you going to raise a zombie and expect them to come back to where they were murdered? No. No. You're just just absolutely ridiculous that. But, but me is 100% correct. He is still guilty. And I'm already seeing takes on, on Twitter. It's like, Roberto Osuna would still be a Blue Jay if he, if he didn't do it. Like, yeah. But that doesn't mean it, it's, it's wrong. It doesn't mean that shouldn't happen. It's sh- I like I'm I'm so not on board with with how this ended at all. I it it's it's the kind of thing that makes me lose faith in society, to be honest. And like I, like I said, we we do what we can. It's like um, Tina Kinman at Tina Kinman said. As much as they hate booing, 
Being there tonight to hear so many show their disappointment and anger was satisfying. And it's again, it's it's all you can do. And and like I said, more 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 things are coming out as I'm recording this. Shai Davidi just tweeted out that the complainant has a three-year-old with Roberto Osuna is currently in Mexico wants to continue co-parenting with him and didn't want to testify. That is heartbreaking that she has to make that kind of decision again for their child to determine, do you keep their, their parent in their life despite the hurt that they caught? And this, this has parallels to the Addison Russell case about how Melissa Reedy stayed as long as she did for their child, wanting their child to have a mom and a dad. You you watch that and it's just it it's so so much. It's just so difficult to actually deal with. And I'm I'm gonna close this segment with everything rich. Who, who said they are sick of shaming the victims, especially women, by those who would rather protect their man card than stand up for what's right. You always believe the victim. Number one rule of assault investigations. It's 100% true. And I, I can't express enough how difficult this is. And again, the... This... this is the choice of the person laying laying the charge, the complainant themselves. They they are making this choice for their child. And the fact that Roberto Suna is gonna get out of this with just like a peace bond again, it just really frustrates me. It I'm thankful that most fans don't forget this sort of thing. Again, Juris Familia, Jose Reyes, Araldis Chapman, Stephen Wright, Addison Russell, they're, they're all names that are going to be added. As long as they are in this league, they're going to be remembered. Even when they're out of this league, Pedro Stasio, Julio Lugo, Milton Bradley, Will Cordero, it's just, it's going to be something attached to them. I can take small solace in that, but I hate the fact that he's essentially going to get off with just a, a slap on the wrist. That that he is not going to even be relevant because his partner is going to be in Mexico. And again, I'm just I'm so frustrated by that. Thank you all for for sending in your thoughts on this. We're going to be right back to kind of wrap this up really quickly right after this. Okay, all right. I'm I'm gonna try and find something nice to end on, just because the I'm I'm upset. I'm very upset right now. So let's talk about something that I can rationalize a little better, and that's Marco Estrada. Uh, Marco Estrada made what is likely going to be his last start for the Blue Jays last night. Took the loss against Houston. He gave up four runs in four and two-thirds innings of work. 
about par for the course for Marco Estrada this year. Going to end with an ERA of 5.64. Gave up a pair of home runs. It was not a great performance by any stretch of the imagination. But what Marco did was essentially thank the fans for what they were able to provide to him in his time with Toronto. And I want to pull up the quotes that he made to Ben Nicholson-Smith of Sportsnet, who who tweeted this out. And again, you can feel the kind of admiration and and love that Marco Estrada had, or still has, should not speak of it in the past tense, still has for Toronto. And he said he's hopeful it's not going to be his last start, but if it is, he's thankful for everything. There's a lot he'll remember. It's been the best four years of his career, and he hopes they know he loves every single one of the fans. And that's that's beautiful. That's the kind of positivity that I do love about sports. You can take a guy, uh, a Marco Estrada, who before coming to Toronto was thought of as like an afterthought. He was essentially going to be Sam Gaviglio in the initial plans for the Blue Jays when he got traded for Adam Lind. He was a flyball pitcher coming to a home run happy park. It, it didn't scream happy marriage on paper. But... Marco Estrada came in for four years, got a chance to be a starter, and just absolutely ran with it, and wrote his name in Toronto history. When people talk about dominant pitching performances for the Blue Jays, they're going to talk about Marco Estrada against Texas in the playoffs. They're going to talk about him almost single-handedly taking this team, putting him on on his back, and taking them to the World Series. He he had a 123 ERA in two divisional series starts and four championship series starts. He had a 1 and 3 record, but a 2.67 ERA. You can't put any of those losses on Marco Estrada. He went out there and he pitched brilliantly. And again, I think that's what Blue Jays fans are going to remember about Marco Estrada is that that time he he went out there and and was magic and i just want to say as as much as we've been counting down the time on his tenure in toronto we've advocated for him to be re-signed for a year but it's it's not looking like it's going to happen just with the way his effectiveness has fallen off the past couple seasons but he he is an all-star with toronto he will be forever remembered for what he did for that fastball change-up combo. So for for Locked On Blue Jays and, and Blue Jays fans everywhere, a sincere thank you to Marco Estrada for everything that you did in your four years in Toronto. You will not be forgotten. Still a lot of love for you as well. It's a mutual uh, relationship. <laughs> I guess, with Marco Estrada. So just just want to end on that on remembering the good times because, again, just not 
not happy about other news today, so we'll see if the baseball can hopefully shake things out of it. Um, I'll be on Twitter tonight at NeoAC18. That's NeoAC18. Anyone wants to jump in, talk Blue Jays tonight, we'll we'll try and get through it together. Uh, follow the podcast at Locked On Jays. Make sure you don't miss an episode. Subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, however you get your podcast. Make sure you have notifications on for this one as we wrap up this final week of the season. I will remain here with you as always because, again, we're getting through this together, folks. So for everyone here at the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Blue Jays, I've been Ryan Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode, and y'all take care.